Report. Knock him down and he'll get right back up again. Coming on stronger than a powered up Pac-Man, your host, Icy Robots. All right, greetings Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrifice to make your life a little better each and every week. And this week, it's going to get, it's going to get a ton better. We're going to take a look at a movie I saw on videotape called Super Fuzz. Yep, I've been digging out some of my old VHS tape, and Super Fuzz was one of them. It's a pretty fun movie. It's about a cop who gets a nuclear bomb dropped on his head and gets superpowers. I used to watch it a lot back in the day, and I was happy to get reintroduced. After that, it's on to the retro toy marketplace, where we're going to take a look at The A-Team by Galoob, one of the most overlooked action figure series of the 80s. There's a lot more than that hiding in the cracks. It's a fun show like always. Make sure to tell a friend. Make sure to go on social media and tell all your friends how much you love to listen to the Toys R Us report. All right, you ready? Here we go. Hit it. Yo, ISR man. I don't understand this man. Yo, you've got to slow down, man. You're losing them. Radio. Suckers never play me. Break yourself. This is the Toys R Us report. My wife and I have been going to the dig a lot lately. The dig is the Goodwill Outlets. And I've talked about this place a few times. I've talked about it a few times over the course of the show. It's where it's where things go to die. It's the last stop for an item before it goes to the big junk pile in the sky. Sometimes, though, you can find treasures because there is a lot of things that they automatically filter out of the Goodwill and they wind up over there at El Digarino. The Dig is a weird place full of felons and weirdos. I am not the most straight-laced dude in history, but at the Dig, I am like, I am an upstanding citizen compared to some of the weirdos that hang out there on the regular. You've heard of the cannibals, you've heard of a lot of the weirdos who hang there, and compared to them, I'm pretty normal. One of the dude who hangs out there on the regular is a guy I knew since elementary school named Tim. Tim and I have a very, very very complicated history. We've had a total of three fights, like fist fights, and I'm not, I am by no means a street fighter. I'm not Sonny Chiba. I don't have that great of skills with the hand, but back in elementary school, before it got really rough, me and this dude fought three separate times. Now, you got to remember, this was way back early in the day when fist fighting wasn't really that dangerous. I don't think there was actually a lot of fists involved. It was mostly like wrestling around on the ground. The first time we fought, I was able to get a hold of him, took him down, and held him there until we were broken up. Win for me. The second time we fought, I don't know what happened. I went to go for the same takedown, but he flipped me in the air. I landed on my back, Win knocked out of me, knockout victory for Tim. Third time, went just like the first. I got on top of him, stayed there until people pulled us apart. Win for me. Dude went on to become, he became a real punk, I want to say. He was not a nice dude. He started hanging out with, like, a real bad element. And he became somebody who tormented me a lot over the years. Even though I had, even though I had the wins over him, the fact that he was hanging with like a much tougher, more streetwise group of dudes than the D&D dice rollers that I used to spend my time with 
It really gave him an edge, and he didn't so much pick on me as much as a lot of the dudes around him and in his crew did kind of pick on me and my crew, and it kind of sucked. So, I see Tim, I see him a lot at the flea market. He He's also like a flea market vendor, and I see him at the dig, and... I could see a glimmer of recognition in his eyes, but I never went up to talk to him because I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk to dude because he did, he did cause me some minor miseries over the year. But when we were at the dig just this past Monday, he came up to me and very shockingly, he came up to me and apologized. He's like, I think I recognize you from school. I don't remember your name, but I can tell that I know you and I can see that you don't want to talk to me. And well, I just want to tell you that I was on drugs a lot of the times in school and I had a really bad drinking problem. And, well, people come up to me all the time and they go, Timmy, you were totally a jerk. You were a jerk to me. And I just, I feel bad about that. So when I see people, I can tell in their eyes that maybe I should go and apologize. And, well, dude, that is something that's never happened to me. I've never had a former tormentor come up and realize that they were bad and that they should make amends. And... It could be that good old Timmy is in AA or NA because I do think making amends is one of the steps. But irregardless of that, I was happy that he came and apologized. And I shook his hand and said, dude, no hard feelings. We're grownups now. You know, let's move past that. So me and Timmy are now buddies again, like we were back in never, never before. But I guess we are now. And that's cool, man. It's really nice to be able to accept an apology. And it's really nice to be able to move on from something that happened back in the day. So... With all that said, and with all that learning learned, let's move on to At The Movie. Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is cold Medina. Come on, kick it. In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Meet Super Fuzz. The craziest cop this side of Inspector Clouseau. Super Fuzz. A blockbusting, high flying, water walking, smooth talking, fleet footed, skydiving, hard driving, crime fighting. All-American hero, Super Fuzz, just for the fun of it. Super Fuzz is a pretty wild movie, man. It used to be on cable back in the day all the time, and me and my bro used to watch it like, I think I've seen this movie like 800 times, but I had totally forgotten about it when I was at the dig one day and found good old Super Fuzz on VHS. Like I said in the show intro, Super Fuzz is basically the story of a Miami cop who gets superpowers when a nuclear bomb gets dropped on his head. What they're doing is, the government is going to do like a nuclear bomb test, and they're going to do it by dropping a bomb in the uh, Florida Everglades, where Officer David Speed, played by Terrence Hill, is investigating a case when he gets exposed to like lethal doses of radiation, but like the Hulk and many others before him, the radiation doesn't kill him, doesn't do anything bad to him, and instead gives him, like, super-duper powers of every conceivable form. What it says on the back of the tape here is that not only can he see around corners, but he can also fall from a skyscraper and remain un 
hurt. He can also run fast and lift like a ton of weight and he's pretty much invulnerable to bullets. But he does have one weakness and that weakness is the color red. When he sees it, he like loses his powers immediately. And dude, that's a pretty bad weakness, dude. Red is everywhere. I'm looking around the room and everything I see has at least like something red on it or near it. I'm looking around the room here and I can see a million red things. I think that maybe, maybe he should have worn dark glasses that kind of turned the color red into a color brown or something. That might have solved all of his problems right there off the bat. Super Fuzz is an Italian movie and it is directed by Sergio Carbucci, who next to Sergio Leone is pretty much like the biggest name in Spaghetti Westerns. I've seen this movie a million times and never once as a kid did I notice that it was... I never noticed it was dubbed. I never knew it was an Italian movie. That's really wild to me, like, seeing it as an adult and learning something that important about it. How could I have been so stupid as a kid? I guess we will never know. The movie is pretty funny, though. If you're into kitschy stuff, if you like weird stunts and all that kind of crazy stuff, you should probably see Super Fuzz if you haven't seen it already, and you probably haven't. It's recently become available on DVD. Up until now, it was only available in my preferred format. VHS, but now the whole world can see it. So go on Amazon, go on somewhere and find yourself a copy of Super Fuzz if you are so inclined. ISR recommended. Get ready for the retro marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. The A-Team by Galoob. Coming up as a kid in the 80s, nothing was more popular and nothing was cooler than the A-Team. I mean, these dudes had it all. They had an awesome van. They had an awesome show. They had weapons. They had skills. I mean, these dudes were like literally the A-Team. Not the B-Team, the C-Team. They were the A-Team. The best there is at what they do. what they do? Well, they help people. They were pretty much soldiers for hire that kind of worked for free. I don't recall them getting paid all that much because the kind of cases they took weren't really the sort that paid. They went out there and they helped people and they, they helped people who didn't have the power to help themselves. People who were fighting the man or who were fighting like bullies and thugs and things like that, they would go out there, do what they did using the skills that they earned in the hard jungles of Vietnam. They would use these skills to fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves. That's really the moral of the thing. They would go out there, use the skills they had to fight for people who could not fight for themselves. What could be more honorable than that? At my school, the show really resonated with everybody. Everybody was just totally into the A-Team. And I think one of the reasons was that each of the characters in the show was kind of an archetype for a dude you wanted to be. You had, like, Hannibal, the team's leader, and that would appeal to dudes who probably would go on to have leadership positions in the future, maybe quarterbacks or dungeon masters, you know, dudes of that sort. And then you had, you had B.A., the tough guy. B.A. Barakas, played by the super cool Mr. T. I'm sure you knew that already. And that would be for the dude in your crew who thought that he was tough. You know, the wannabe tough guy, or maybe even in some cases a real tough guy. I don't know. I don't know the kind of dudes that you hung out with, but you had Hannibal, you had B.A., then you had Face. Face would be like the dude who's kind of a player in your crew, the dude who might actually like girls and be open about it at that time. Because I kind of think that we all sort of like girls or whatever at the time, but we weren't really so much open about it. You'd kind of keep it secret as if there was something wrong with liking chicks, but every crew kind of had a Face man who was out there and open with it and may have actually 
kissed a girl or done more than that. That seems even weird to think about because it was only elementary school, but there were dudes running around saying this and that about girls or whatever. And then the final dude you had was Murdoch. And every crew also had a Murdoch. And this was the dude, he was a little wacky, a little out there, or at least he pretended to be a little crazy. Actually, I think Murdoch was the one that I most responded to. I didn't think I could be any of the other dudes. I didn't know any girls, never talked to girls. I wasn't tough like B.A. I wasn't smart like Hannibal. So that just left me with, uh, it left me with insanity, I guess. And I would not be like the crazy dude, but I would kind of act wacky sometimes and try to fill, you know, the Murdoch role when we were doing A-team things or whatever like that. Really, though, I don't think that I can realistically say that at the time I saw that many episodes of the A-team. We only had one TV in the house, and it wasn't mine to control I don't recall what day the A-Team was on, but I don't think that it was a show that was in regular rotation at the house. I did see some from time to time, and since then, I've seen them all. It's on Netflix, and I've watched it. It doesn't hold up all that great in more than, like, a kitschy way. It's cool, but it was never, like, a quality show at the time. It was a fun show. And even now, it is still a fun show, but not as much fun as I thought it was when I was seeing the cool episodes I saw the first time around. The one I do remember was like the one with Hulk Hogan and all the wrestling stuff. And then I remember another one that I saw at the time where uh, the face man got into the business of concert promoting. And he's promoting a show with what he thinks is Cowboy George. He books like, he books a country western bar for Cowboy George, but it turns out to not be country singer Cowboy George, but in fact, new wave music sensation, Boy George. At the time, I didn't get it. I didn't really understand Boy George all that well when I was a kid, so I didn't know what the big deal about him performing there was, except for that his type of music was different. I didn't get the whole sexual innuendo or whatever that was going on. I kind of thought it was like the scene in Blues Brothers where they have to go and perform Rawhide at that one rough country western barn. But when I did see this episode on Netflix, I thought that it was fairly clever. All right. I think I may have gone on a little bit too long about my history with the A-Team because really, it's all a bunch of hooey. What we came here for is to learn about the A-Team action figures by Galoob. I was not able to find a... I wasn't able to find a Galoob commercial on my old videotape collection, but what I did come up with was a foreign commercial. It is from Kroner Toys. When Galoob would release overseas, they would change the name to Kroner, I guess. And this is a Kroner toy commercial for the A-Team action figures. Let's take a look here. Let's pop it in. This has a great song. I think you're going to like this one a lot. All right, here we go. Pop it in. That commercial is so great. I love that song. It's weird how it almost sounds like, it almost sounds like B.A. singing it. Like it's a B.A. imitator who isn't really that good at imitating B.A. Baracus. It, it sounds like some European dude who works for Kroner Toys trying to sing like he's B.A. Baracus after only hearing B.A. Baracus speak one time. Anyway, 
I never saw, I never saw them. I never saw the A-Team toys when I was a kid, and I would have loved to. I would have loved to have had these guys and to have been able to combine them with the, uh, with the G.I. Joes I already had. I just never saw them. I never saw them at the store, and I don't know why that was. I wonder if it was just some weird distribution, like they just never made it out here to Santa Rosa, or if maybe they just didn't make it all that wide and far in general. It's a little weird because the toys were released by Galoob, which is out of San Francisco, or was out of San Francisco. Galoob was founded by Louis Galoob in 1954, originally as an import company. They eventually moved on to toys and eventually were sold to Hasbro in uh, 1994 for $210 million. They killed it. Good for you, Galoob. Good for you, Galoob. The first and only wave of three and three quarter inch A-Team action figures came out in 1984. They were released as two packs of four. One contained the good guys and it was called Soldiers of Fortune. And it had Hannibal, B.A., Murdoch, and Face. And then there was also a bad guy set of four. And uh, that was creatively called the bad guy pack. And that featured four dudes... Four lamely named villains, you got Cobra, Python, Rattler, and Viper. Seems a little close to dudes you might see as part of, uh, Cobra, with Cobra Commander and all those guys, but, I don't know, there weren't really, like, a lot of named villains on the A-Team program, so they had to come up with something, and I guess the dudes they had in charge of coming up with stuff weren't really, like, on the ball as far as names, I guess, I don't know. They're not really terrible names. They're just not super-duper creative names, I guess. The Bad Guy Pack was released twice. The second time they came around, they made the dudes a little more brightly colored. But the good guys, the Soldier of Fortune Pack, only received one release. The Bad Guy Pack is more like... Well, the figures themselves are more like Fisher-Price Adventure Peoples in that they do not have an O-ring. They have... They move at the hips. They have a solid body construction and they move at the hips, the arm, and the head. Five points of articulation. Where the rest of the dudes, the Soldier of Fortune Pack, are closer to G.I. Joe's in that they have an O-ring and they can move the shoulders, the elbows, the waist, the knees, and also the head. The bodies for the A-Team figures were actually, and this is a little interesting, they were reused from an earlier Galoob line called General Patch. General Patch and the Evil Enemy came out two years before the A-Team in 1982, and as a cost-saving measure... Galoob reused the bodies for the A-Team dudes. A Brazilian company named Glasslight also reused the molds. They released the figures individually as opposed to on the, uh, four-pack cards. These are pretty hard to come by. If you ever, if you ever see the Glasslight A-Team figures, email me and send them to me. No, buy them. They are hard to find, so... They do fetch a pretty penny, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the Retro Toy Marketplace. Right now, we're going to focus on what was released, when and why and how and whatever stuff like that sort of thing. There was also a good amount of vehicles released in the three and three quarter scales. Of course, they came out with the famous A-Team van, and this came with a green-colored VA Baracus. Not like his skin was green. He was in his green army uniform, the same one as in the Soldier of Fortune pack. There was also a patrol boat, like a river patrol boat, and that came with Hannibal, 
in a blue jumpsuit, very much like the one that was in the Soldier of Fortune 4-pack. Murdoch also got a piece of the action. He got a jet plane that came with the same orange vested uh, Murdoch that came with the Soldier of Fortune pack, but on the back was shown a blue jumpsuited Murdoch that is not known to exist. But there have been a few instances of a uh, green outfitted Murdoch being released with the jet, but that is very uncommon. There was also a helicopter. The helicopter helicopter actually was released by Ertl. It is metal and it has that really nice Ertl construction. It did not come with any figures, but it is on the scale of the three and three quarter inch. And uh, another cool set was a headquarters. Not so much a base. It was like an outdoor bivouac kind of jungle situation that harkens back to their days in Vietnam. It's really neat. On the back, it shows all of them in green outfits, and in the case of the Face Man, this green variant is not known to exist. The headquarters is really neat. It comes with sandbags and tents, weapons and accessories. It's a pretty good overall playset. The A-Team had a lot of really neat accessories. Every dude came with an M16, and then each dude came with like an individualized gun too. There is a lot of variety to the different weapons they had, which is one of the reasons it's one of the reasons I wish I would have had these as a kid. It'd be neat to mix in some of these weapons with the uh, G.I. Joes that I had, but sadly, I never had the chance. The next vehicle to come up is Faces Corvette. It is an awesome white with red trimmed Corvette. Just a beautiful car. And that comes with the standard release black jumpsuited face. It's a really rad car, though. I would love to have had this. Dude, I can imagine having some really great adventures with like snake eyes whipping around in this Corvette. Really great vehicle. The next one to come up is an armored car and that comes with B.A. Baracus. It's not an armored car in the sense of a bank. It's more like an armored vehicle that B.A. would put together during one of their wacky adventures. You know, when they have like the montage of the A-Team fixing everything and making all like making the plans and everything for later. This is one of the vehicles he would make where he would take like armor plates and weld them to the thing maybe put a gun on the roof. I don't know. BA was a really creative dude when it came to this sort of thing. The armored car set was called the Armored Attack Adventure, and it also came with a trailer that hooked onto the back of the thing, and it had some kind of a cool machine gun that BA could whip out and spray. I wouldn't imagine he sprayed bullets out of this. Probably like, I don't know, some kind of foam or whatever that he would use to like incapacitate dudes because the A-Team wasn't really killing dudes all that often, if ever. Did they ever kill anybody on the show? I don't think so. I really think their entire body count was zero, but I might be wrong about this. If you know a little more, if you have an accurate 18 body count, hit me up on Twitter at ICRobots, I-S-E-E Robots, or go on over to ICRobots.com and let me know, let me know what you know about the A-Team's overall body count. Now that I am looking at the back of this box a little bit uh, closer, these are missiles. It's not foam. These are missiles. So I guess BA is whipping out some heavy artillery on the LA Underground. All right, guys. There was not a lot of commercials for A-Team toys, but one I was able to find has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it's awesome. It is an A-Team Tyco racetrack. It's the A-Team Hot Pursuit racetrack or something like that. I do not recall the exact name. We will all find out about it in a second. Let me dig through the stack here and find that tape. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Here we go, Clay. It's the 
dogs of a chase. The hot 18 band trying to escape the MPs. Can the 18 do it? You can do it. Now, you take control in new 18 action racing. Try to lose it. Spin the van through daredevil U-turns, but they'll catch you. So you pour it on and send the A-team flying over the double cross jump. A-team action racing with U-turn cars and double cross jump from Tyco, of course. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. All right, party peeps, we are in the final segment of the Retro Toy Marketplace, where we go online and we take a look and see what it is going to cost for you to get these awesome toys from the days of yore back into your ever-loving grubby hands. All right, let's uh, let's do some clicking here on some links and we'll take a look. I find that the best way to go about this is to narrow down your search to the things that have been sold. So... You know, that gives you a real idea of what people are really paying for things, not just what people are asking for things. I think I say this every week. So the first thing I see sold is that somebody got a loose Hannibal with his weapon for only 99 cents. Whoever sold this took a loss. So I feel a little bad for that because it's probably going to cost, it would cost about a buck 93 if you get the, uh, the top rated seller discount that gives you 20% off your shipping. But if you don't have that, you know, it's going to be like two bucks, two ten, something like that. So... Dude took a loss. That's a bit of a bummer. The next thing is somebody has a loose bad guy python for $3.99 going down. Going down, it looks like a figure with the weapon is more than likely going to cost you about $5 to get him sent to your house. If you are looking for the individual accessories, they're going to cost $2.99, $3 per piece for those. Here is a great one. Somebody has the loose patrol boat with a Schaefer. Schaffer Stomper, the A-Team Stomper of the van. I didn't even know they made this. This thing is beautiful. I talked about Stompers a few episodes back. This gets me thinking about this. Stompers are a favorite of our boy Willie from the uh, ColecoVisions podcast. And I had this really weird dream that had him in it. And really, this is as good a place as any to talk about it, I guess. So, I was watching one of Willie's videos on YouTube, and I was using my Roku to stream the YouTube to the TV. So, I'm sitting on my couch watching the video, and somehow, all of a sudden, it became like a live broadcast. And Willie's talking in like a ghost. A real honest-to-God ghost flew into the screen, scared him to death. And here's the scary part. Right after it, uh took a couple laps around Willie's studio. It came right through my TV screen into my living room. It was terrifying. Totally scary, totally freaky. But it was one of those dreams that happens like right in the morning before you're going to wake up. So there was no conclusion. I just woke up and went about my things. But it has been rattling around in my head for a few days now. So good job, Willie. Thanks for that. Okay, so back to the A-Team toy prices. Honestly, there's not really a lot of excitement in this. If you want somebody on the card, it can cost anywhere up to $35, which isn't super expensive. The vehicles on the card or in the box, as it were, are a little more pricey. They're going to run a few hundred, maybe five, six hundred dollars for the Corvette or the van in a nice box. But that's not really out of the ordinary for an 80s toy line, especially one that's a little bit more obscure like the A-Team here. You might wonder, I, I thought about this, you might wonder why I haven't talked about the 6-inch. A-Team line because there was a whole separate thing of six inch action figures. The reason that I don't talk about them is really honestly because I'm not super interested in them. I'm kind of like a more 
three and three quarter inch guy. And if I had them, I guess I would have matched them up with my He-Man dudes. They would be a little taller. It would kind of paint the He-Man dudes like small stocky dudes as opposed to like gigantic bodybuilders. And I can see them that way. So that might have been a little fun to have the A-Team attack or defend Castle Grayskull. But it never came about. And even though I never had the other ones either, I am infinitely more interested in the uh, three and three quarter inch ones. Okay, so what I did here is I flipped the script and I am now looking at the highest sold items going down. And what I'm seeing actually is that it's not really going to cost you four or five hundred dollars for the vehicles. You could probably get it for two hundred now. I remember at one point some of these things were going for like five or six hundred, but now they're down to like two, two fifty, even one fifty in some cases. Not bad. If you are into this, this might be the time to jump in, but. 150 bucks is a lot to spend on a toy. Anyway, dudes, we're running low on showtime, so let's get moving here into the final part of the show, the Toys R Us report itself. Yo, ISR, your man, you got him running scared, man. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, guys, this is it. The Toys R Us report itself, the moment where I tell you about all the cool things I found over at the Toys R Us and the other cool toy stores I visit on a weekly basis. Things are, things are still looking pretty flat over at the TRU, but I did see something pretty neat. I saw a Toys R Us exclusive reaction figure of a thermal colored Predator. It's pretty neat. He's kind of rainbow colored. It's like it would look like if you were looking through some uh, thermal imaging glasses. It's pretty neat. I hadn't seen it before. I saw it, took a picture of it, then decided I wanted it, came back the next day, was not there. Otherwise, it is, uh, it's a little flat. It looks like there are some new, I don't know the company that does them, but they have World Wrestling Entertainment, otherwise known as the World Wrestling Federation, building blocks. And there has been some of these in the past, but I hadn't seen any new ones. But there were different ones this week. One of them was really great. It had my uh, personal favorite WWE dude right now, Brock Lesnar, and his personal, what do they call him? His agent. His agent, Paul Heyman. I have never bought any of these WWE building blocks. I don't think that I would, but if I were to, it would be a Brock Paul Heyman combination for sure. I took a couple, uh, I took a couple pictures of these. If you want to see them, they're on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash robots. I think the pictures are over on the left. You can scroll through the album and they were taken like, I don't know, the other day. So just scroll through there, take a look. You can check them out. It'll all be good in the hood. Otherwise, not that much awesome, uh, things over there. I didn't find the Sabine. I'm still looking for the Star Wars Rebel Sabine. Did not find it. Still looking for the new Marvel uh, Legends series. I did see them the one time, but I have not seen them since. And I hear that there is a new Spider-Man set coming out. The The figure that we will all be looking for from that is Spider-Man 2099. Nobody wanted to read his comic, but everybody will be looking for his figure. Because as I understand it, it is packed one per case. We also did the double flea market again this week. But I more or less struck out there, which is really weird. Because man... It is quite a day going to one flea market in the blistering sun. And I know that some of you guys are snowed in, but here in California, we had a blistering hot weekend. It was like 85, which might not seem hot, but compared to how it has been, that was pretty, pretty warm for us. And it was one of those days with no cloud cover and the sun was just beating down 
on the back of your neck while you're trying to look at all the treasures. Makes it a little difficult. Not the worst, not the worst problem in the world, but still a, uh, a problem nonetheless. It's weird to walk through, see all this stuff, and walk and look and walk and look and look and walk and not find anything great. You would think that with all the people out there, at least one of them would have something you'd want to take home with you, but nah, we did take home some stuff. My wife found some stuff, some Christmas ornaments, things like that, but nothing, just nothing great. I don't know, man. Little bit of a lull in the collecting uh, universe as of late. You know what, dudes? This is really about it. We're going to head on out of here. We're going to head for the hills. Before we go, though, I want to send a shout-out, a couple shouts-out, actually. First one is to my man Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. If you're not listening to that, I recommend you do so. And I imagine, I imagine if you're here listening to this, that you do probably also listen to that. So, hey, make sure to check his show out the second you are done checking this out. I think, as a matter of fact, he normally puts his program out on Wednesday, just like I do. So, you can do, like, a Wednesday twofer and... Check out the Toys R Us first, because as we know, this is the greatest podcast in the world. But after you're done with that, the second you're done, queue up Ferg and the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast available on the Throwback Network and also the Retro Junkies Network. And then the second you're done with that, and then, and then the split second you're done with that, hop on over to Retroist.com and check out our boy Vic Sage, our good pal Vic Sage, got a new podcast. It's called Retro Radio Memories. Go over there and check that out. If you're a fan of old-timey radio, and I know you probably are, if you like that stuff, or if you just like Vic Sage, man, dude's really cool. Really cool guy, salt of the earth, Vic Sage. So go check out his podcast, Retro Radio Memories, and then <laughs> split second, you're done with that, click on our link. And pop on over to Entertainment Earth, buy a bunch of stuff, help support the show, go to virtualdirtmall.com while you're at it, buy a ton of stuff, help support the show. As soon as the show's over today, we're going to go and listen to the entire A-Team theme. I don't know why. You know what? I wanted to play it earlier in the show, but I couldn't find a way to fit it in. So once you hear the robot voice that lets you know that this was an IC Robots radio production... You can just skip ahead because all that's left is the entire A-Team theme song. But you want to stick around for that because, you know, it's awesome. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you tuning in. Check us out on Twitter at ICRobots. Check us out on Facebook. Make sure to go to ICRobots.com because we got updates every single day. ICRobots.com is the place to be. Anyway, dudes, I'm out of here. So, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying? This has been an IC Robots radio production. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team.